millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I was patrolling my usual forest trails at night. I've been a ranger for eight years now, and nothing had ever scared me as much as this one experience that I encountered. Well, what I think was a Bigfoot. Doing my routine patrol on this night, it all started with me walking along the same trail I do at night to do my rounds. Being Florida, it had rained earlier in the day, so everything was calm and peaceful, minus the puddles of mud here and there. The sun had set about an hour or two before, which meant it was exceptionally dark outside. Although I was already used to this, the moon was barely out. I saw a few other rangers patrolling with me, but they had passed by, and somewhere out of nowhere, maybe about thirty minutes later, I was walking along the dirt trail when I noticed something appeared in front of me. A dark, large figure coming from the right side of the path and then crossing in front of me as it headed off into some thick brush off to my left palmettos. Actually, this is directly where I patrol, meaning there should most definitely not be anything even remotely close to resembling whatever this thing was. Its speed is what surprised me and took me off guard, considering it didn't even give me enough time to turn around and see what it looked like. All I could make out was that it was jet black, very tall and easily taller than I was. It moved quickly. I didn't even have time to react until laughter had already gone into the bushes, disappearing as quickly as it had appeared, deep in the palmettos. My heart sunk, and I felt an odd sensation. It was this incredible feeling of fear. All I can think about is how much more dangerous it had just made my job that night. If there was some large animal out here that moved fast, was taller than I, and larger than I, that actually crossed paths with me like it did. What else might be lurking on here? Would it cross paths with me again? Was this thing actually looking for me? As I thought about it more, I consider the fact that if something was after me, then maybe whatever it was might be prepared to attack. Although I wasn't going to back down without a fight, I began getting angry. 
Maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I was a few hours away from my shift ending and talking myself into returning to the station, telling myself that if I did, I would be safe. If this thing is out there, it's just as much looking for me as it is anybody else. So now, more than ever, getting to my ranger station was my only priority. I didn't really know what it was or what to think about it, but there was only one way to find out, and that was by continuing my patrol. Now I stood still for a moment, debating with myself on whether or not I should continue, remembering all the times going back home early had made me feel like a failure. Although I had never encountered anything like this before, it didn't mean there's nothing out there. It only means that whatever it was hadn't bothered me yet. But now that it had crossed paths with me, I might be next on this list of things to kill. Music that would have made me sick. The rest of my story is pretty uneventful, unfortunately. After this, not a lot happened. I didn't see the figure again, and as I look back on this event and reflect, I believe I encountered a skunk ape, a Bigfoot native to the Florida Everglades. While it was probably harmless and didn't want to actually hurt or kill me, it was still completely terrifying. I still don't know if this creature was real or not, but that didn't matter. Regardless of what it actually is, I'm convinced that whatever it was, it wanted to hurt me or so I had convinced myself and still wonder. I was patrolling my usual forest trails at night. I've been a ranger for eight years now, and nothing had ever scared me as much as this one experience that I encountered. Well, what I think was a Bigfoot. Doing my routine patrol on this night, it all started with me walking along the same trail I do at night to do my rounds. Being Florida, it had rained earlier in the day, so everything was calm and peaceful, minus the puddles of mud here and there. The sun had set about an hour or two before, which meant it was exceptionally dark outside, although I was already used to this. The moon was barely out. I saw a few other rangers patrolling with me, but they had passed by. And somewhere out of nowhere, maybe about 30 minutes later, I was walking along the dirt trail when I noticed something appeared in front of me. A dark, large figure coming from the right side of the path and then crossing in front of me as it headed off into some thick brush off to my left palmettos. Actually, this is directly where I patrol, meaning there should most definitely not be anything even remotely close to resembling whatever this thing was. Its speed is what surprised me and took me off guard, considering it didn't even give me enough time to turn around and see what it looked like. All I could make out was that it was jet black, very tall and easily taller than I was. It moved quickly. I didn't even have time to react until laughter had already gone into the bushes, disappearing as quickly as it had appeared, deep in the palmettos. My heart sunk, and I felt an odd sensation. It was this incredible feeling of fear. All I could think about is how much more dangerous it had just made my job that night. If there was some large animal out here that moved fast, was taller than I, and larger than I, that actually crossed paths with me like it did, what else might be lurking on here? Would it cross paths with me again? Was this thing actually looking for me? As I thought about it more, I considered the fact that if something was after me, then maybe whatever it was might be prepared to attack. Although I wasn't going to back down without a fight, I began getting angry. Maybe it was my mind playing tricks on me, but I was a few hours away from my shift ending and talking myself into returning to the station, telling myself that if I did, I would be safe. If this thing is out there, it's just as much looking for me as it is anybody else. So now, more than ever, getting to my ranger station was my only priority. I didn't really know what it was or what to think about it, but there was only one way to find out, and that was by continuing my patrol. Now I stood still for a moment, debating with myself on whether or not I should continue, remembering all the times going back home early had made me feel like a failure. Although I had never encountered anything like this before, it didn't mean there's nothing out there. It only means that whatever it was hadn't bothered me yet. But now that it had crossed paths with me, I might be next on this list of things to kill. That would have made me sick. The rest of my story is pretty uneventful, unfortunately. 
After this, not a lot happened. I didn't see the figure again. And as I look back on this event and reflect, I believe I encountered a skunk ape, a Bigfoot native to the Florida Everglades. While it was probably harmless and didn't want to actually hurt or kill me, it was still completely terrifying. I still don't know if this creature was real or not, but that didn't matter. Regardless of what it actually is, I'm convinced that whatever it was, it wanted to hurt me. Or so I had convinced myself and still wonder. My family used to always go camping one weekend a month. Usually, this was with a group to a pretty established campground, and it would be hard to find time to yourself, so seclusion was not really possible. However, one time we were on a road trip and stopped in Kentucky at a campground for the night. A planned stop. My dad had found the campground in a directory of such things, pre-internet. An old woman was working the office and there was a girl raking leaves outside that I couldn't take my eyes off of. The girl was smoking hot. In her mid to late teens, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, just old enough to notice. The lady took the money, told us which spot was ours, and we were on our way. Other than the old lady and girl, there was no one. No more employees, no other campers. We made a fire and sat around with a pretty cool mountain view and lots of stars and notice. There were no lights anywhere in the campground we had arrived at dusk and were set up before it was actually dark. My dad went to sleep and my siblings were playing cards inside the camper so I stayed outside to watch the fire burn down. That's when the hot girl showed up and sat down near the fire and asked how things were going. Well, very well now is what I was thinking while making small talk with a smoking hot mountain girl. She even asked it I wanted to play a game with her up at the office. Of course I did. But just then my older sister opened the camper door and asked who I was talking to. The girl was gone. I told her I was talking to the girl from the office and she was really confused. I guess she hadn't seen the girl, but she did not pass up the opportunity to tease me about it and informed the other siblings their little brother liked girls now. Even the next day when we were leaving and stopped by the office, she wouldn't drop it and told the old lady I had a crush on the girl from the night before. Lady got spooked, asked me what the girl looked like red hair and a braid. Yogi Bear t-shirt with the neck and a deep V, black chucks with the stars pulled off, shorts, etc. I still remember. This woman proceeds to tell me which is weird. My whole family is there, and she's talking only to the 11-12 year old that I'm describing her sister who died on a part of a trail near the campground fell off the mountain in 1968. Then she asks if she tried to get me to follow her. She always tries to get me to follow her but I know where she's leading me. Those boys, though, they always fall. My dad is just standing their mouth open and my mom, who believes she lived a previous life, is eating this up with a spoon. On the way out, we pass the girl different shirt, same tits walking over from a shed with a rake. She waved, I did the head nod as cool as I could and tripped on a root. You know how adrenaline can trick you into falling in love. I still think about that girl and her in retrospect. Totally awesome mom, grandma, boss. I honestly don't know how to explain what had happened to me. I believe I saw some sort of Native American entity. I was working as a ranger for the city of Austin, Texas. I just had one left of our reserve campsites when a very strange thing occurred. This was about 10.30 at night. I was driving my four-wheel drive pickup truck on a dirt road that led back to the entrance of the park. The area is a wooded hillside spanning 200 acres and contains a very large number of wildlife. So, being nighttime and how many animals are nocturnal, I was watching up for signs of their movement on either side of me. It was quiet, and I was the only one around. I had been following the road closely when I got this strong sensation. The road, everything around it, dense woods. I looked up just as a deer ran out in front of my truck, directly in my path. It was something like 40 yards ahead of me when I saw it. I reacted immediately by pulling onto the shoulder, slamming my brakes. The deer now was only about 10 feet away from my truck when I swerved. 
and it vanished as soon as it went out of sight. The feeling that it told me to look up subsided. Everything went back to normal. There were no other cars on the road, of course, being just mine. I sat in place, trying to click my bearings. My heart was beating fast, and I had a headache, and I couldn't explain these feelings. What on earth? So, something brought my attention to the hillside right where the deer had come from, and that's when I saw movement about fifty yards into the brush. It wasn't clear. I got out of my truck to inspect and walked up to the spot where I thought I had seen the movement through the tree line. The woods were pretty thick, but about twenty feet into them, there was a small opening in trees with lower branches and ones that were not as wide or tall. They almost kind of formed a natural corridor that maybe, I'd say, fifty yards opened up to the hillside before becoming obscured by the other trees and foliage. The ground sloped slightly upward, many leaves. I called out with my flashlight, thinking, why would there be somebody out here? It didn't make any sense. Thinking maybe I was just seeing things or it might be another deer. There was no answer, and that was it. I assumed it was just my own paranoia. I didn't hear anything move past me, so I decided to inspect further because why not? Calling out loudly, I knew, at least I'm pretty sure, I saw movement. And again, there should be no reason at all why anybody should be this far out here late at night. The movement I saw was more like a person, not a deer. At least I'm sure of it. So I kind of very shortly walked up the hillside, never hearing a sound. I decided finally that, okay, enough is enough. I'm gonna leave and head back to my truck. As soon as I got in, I realized there was something wrong, something strange and paranormal if you will. As soon as I got back in my truck is when I saw it coming out of the woods ahead of me, slightly up from where the deer emerged. It is what I can only unmistakably describe as an apparition. It was this glowing, translucent being, but unmistakably a spirit. It shimmered, seeming to be faint, but nearly transparent. It came closer to my truck and appeared as if it were getting bigger, but also darker and more solid at the same time. It was this light grayish color, and then would grow darker in color, kind of pulsating. It just walked right past the front of my truck with no fear or concern about my presence whatsoever. It just walked by like nothing was there, with some kind of purposeful stride without having so much as even a look of curiosity. And then, right there in my view, it just vanished, fading into obscurity. Not wasting a second, I flew my vehicle out of there, and my only mission in that moment was to go-go. Before this, I thought ghosts were a joke. I had never been a believer in the paranormal or what many refer to as the spirit realm. But after this, that changed. My mind, and I'll never forget what I saw. But it wasn't until the following morning when I really kind of fully mentally processed what I saw. Surprisingly, because I didn't sleep that much, but a thought occurred to me, and I realized what had really happened. What I saw looked like a stereotypical image of a native, long hair down to its shoulders, feathers, a headdress. Actually, my professional theory is that somebody, a Native American, has gone through this road many times before in their lifetime, and they're simply showing me something that happened here at some point along the way. Maybe they stumbled upon these woods at night, and for whatever reason, they were killed on the spot by first-contact European settlers who probably had no qualms about killing anybody different than them, including women and children. I do not believe this entity or spirit to have been malicious. It didn't come off as that. It was just something that happened to them in their lifetime. This spirit was merely doing whatever some non-physical thing does when in the process of trying to relive what happened. It's a possibility that this spot is where these people might have been killed or injured in an altercation. Maybe they were stuck between this world and the next. I don't know. Maybe they've seen my truck hundreds of times out here late at night over the years, and now I'm able to pick up on whatever it happens to come through here. Who knows? Anyway, that's my experience with the paranormal. Hopefully, it will be my last. I usually walk on a trail near my house on Massachusetts' south shore between Boston and Cape Cod. I don't know if this particular place has a name. I usually feel safe, even as a woman hiking alone. 
I grew up in this area, so it's not like it's the city or anything. A few months ago on a weekday late afternoon, I was walking along the trail. First, it just started sprinkling, but then it came pouring down with thunder and lightning too. I was more afraid of the lightning than anything. It was too far to run back to where I was parked, so there were a lot of giant rocks in this area. I saw this rock overhang off to the right of the trail up on a hill. It was hollowed out behind it, a small cave or something. I was not about to go into a cave, but I thought I could at least stand under the overhang and not get wet. So I'm standing there waiting for the rain to slow. I just had a feeling like something was watching me because the hair on the back of my neck raised up. I felt compelled to turn around and look behind me into the darkness. At first, I didn't see anything. There are no bears or wolves in this area. If something was living in that cave, it was probably a small animal. At least that's what I told myself. But when I was staring into the darkness, I saw the shadows shift. I knew something was in there. It didn't look like it could be very big, though at the time I couldn't really see much. The rain was still coming down in sheets and the sky had gotten really dark. I stood watching the lightning strikes and few of them were really close. But between the loud thunderclaps I heard it. There was a nasty sound like a wet sound of something eating and lip smacking. I turned back around to look in there, but I couldn't see what it was. Then the smell hit me. I guess the wind changed. It smelled rancid like a dead raccoon on the side of the road. It made me gag. I turned back to the woods to see if there might be another overhang a short distance away. It was obvious that there was some kind of animal eating another dead animal in that cave, and I just wanted to put some distance between me and it. I took another couple of steps away from the cave, and now I was getting wet from the rain. I didn't see any other place to go. Then, all at once, I heard a sound behind me, like rocks clattering. I turned around to look. The shadow of the thing inside was rising, and I realized all at once that this creature was not small like I had thought. It had been crouched down, and now it was standing. It must have been about six feet tall, standing up on its hind legs, and it totally took me by surprise. I froze for a second when I realized it was like something out of a nightmare. It had a face like a dog with a snout, only it was like a man, a big man covered in fur. I could see dog ears on its head too. I screamed and stumbled. I almost fell down the hill, and that's when it growled just like a dog about to attack. I really thought I was going to die. I'm getting goosebumps just remembering it. I took off running. I felt like my life was in danger. Thank God it didn't follow me. Of course, no one believed me. But then I looked it up on the internet and I saw people posting about this thing. They were calling it a dogman. After I graduated high school, I went on a 10-day long backpacking trip with some friends of mine through the terrain of Utah and Arizona. One leg of this journey involved trekking for a couple days through the Paria Canyon or Buckskin Gulch system of slot canyons in southern Utah. The hike initially began without a hitch. It was really, really hot, so getting deep into the canyons was a welcome respite from the heat. This particular season had been extremely dry. Normally, when you're trekking through this system of canyons, you can expect to go through sections that have water. Some of these flooded section of canyons are so prevalent that they are named features like the cesspool. When we went through, it was bone dry. We didn't even need to get our water shoes out. Now, what you need to know about slot canyons is that they are extremely prone to flash flooding and thus can be extremely dangerous. Storms well over 50 miles away can send water cascading down these narrow, two foot wide in places canyons and giant walls over 100 feet high. Not a lot of wiggle room for torrents of water or for a hiker trying to feebly run away from the wall of death behind them. A morbid reminder is the presence of these giant logs wedged between the canyon walls, dozens of feet above you, indicating the height to which flood levels rise. This also means you can't set up camp just anywhere. It is vital you find a sandbar elevated above the floor of the canyon and the sparse sections where the canyon widens out, just in case you're unlucky and a transient flood just so happens to pass through. 
You can tell it to be safe by the presence of vegetation growing on the tops, unable to be washed away by floods. But as I said, it had been really dry up to that point, so we weren't really worried about that. When we stopped for lunch about halfway through the trek, I looked up and noticed little cute cumulus clouds floating by. The deserts are known for their random thunderstorms. As we continued walking, the sky began becoming less and less blue percentage-wise, instead filling up with more and more gray. As it became overcast, there was a true sense of despair rising up within me. Total helplessness. In this sort of situation, you have no control. There is nowhere to go, nowhere to run. I felt this vividly sad sense of acceptance, like as if a judge had sentenced me to death to be carried out that day, with no chance to tie up any loose ends in my life. This whole time my friends were oblivious to the dangers and were joking, which made me feel worse due to the extreme juxtaposition of the situation. But I didn't really want to ruin their fun. And then it started drizzling. You know when people jokingly say they were so scared they shit their pants. As soon as I felt the drops on my cheeks, my bowels were seriously coming loose. That feeling of first date nervousness times 1000. I actually had to stop walking to regain composure and control of the muscles responsible for that function. At this point I pointed it out to my friends and the march down the canyon became a lot more serious. The drizzle continued for 20 minutes, and this whole time I was listening intently to either ends of the canyon for the inevitable roar signaling our doom, fervently looking for little green islands of safety. Thankfully, the drizzle abated, and the task at hand was to find a place to rest our poor bodies. But finally, after a physically exhausting trek of 22 miles in the sand, made mentally exhausting by failed pack winching up rock falls resulting in major loss of Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Water, and most of all the surreal drizzle scare, we finally reached a section of land that could accommodate all of us about 10-ish. Too happy to put the trials of the day behind us, we wasted no time in getting dinner prepared and getting ready to turn in for the night. Little did we know. This was the start of the most bone-chilling experience I have ever had. To this day, just the memory of it evokes a goosebump reaction similar to that which you get in horror movies. As we lay in our tents, one of my friends told us all to shoot up and listen to something he heard coming from one end of the canyon. He said that it sounded like a R whistle. Sure enough, there was some shrill noise faintly coming from where we had just trekked. We kind of wondered what the noise could be, and we thought maybe someone needed help. Maybe they broke an ankle or were cornered by an animal. I jokingly threw out the possibility that maybe it was the ghosts of the Native Americans angry at us for disturbing some sacred ground of theirs, and the sounds were of them tracking us through the canyon. Then a friend suggested maybe due to the shrill nature of the noise, it was a banshee stalking us. As we were discussing the possibilities, I heard something coming from the other end of the canyon. 
I pointed it out to the other guys, and as we fell silent, I could immediately tell it wasn't an echo due to the noise being in a completely different register, yet still very shrill. However, it was still rather faint. But then a third noise popped up, and a fourth. And all the while the noises were getting louder, and louder, and louder, and louder. As it got louder, it became far more human-like, but extremely angry. We were all scared shitless at this point, completely seriously referring to these noises as banshees. These sounds got so loud that eventually we couldn't hear ourselves talk, and the sound penetrated through our skulls into our thoughts. An endless barrage of extremely high-pitched screaming, yet with it all seemingly completely in harmony and slowly undulating like the breath of the ocean. It took up all sensation and all feeling. The moonlit night flooded this canyon with light, revealing the patterns created by dark streaks on the sandstone walls. After a while, the fear subsided, and the noise, with its extremely pervasive quality, along with the scenery, completely freed me from my mind's stream of conscious thought that was the source of all worry. It was hauntingly beautiful the way I remember it, and this otherworldly sound we experienced in nature is what brings back the chills every time I think of it. As weird as it sounds, I am so thankful to have had experienced them. I will remember them as long as I live. If anyone is able to find sources of this sound, I will be forever grateful. My friend recorded it, but lost his phone a couple months after the trip, and everyone I have asked since can't identify what may have caused this sound. I want to hear them again and relive that experience. Years ago, I lived at a cabin with my husband and young child, three-year-old, and one dog. The layout of the house plays a role. The front door lead to the living room, and there was a small hallway that led to kitchen and our kids' room off to the right. In the hallway, there was a bathroom L and main bedroom R off it. Our dog used to sleep in the hallway. It was late, and my husband and kid were sleeping. I had been in the living room watching TV. I had heard a noise like a whine or like I was being called, and it made me jump. It was weird. It was sounding like my kid, but not really. But at that point, I had just assumed it was her. So I had walked down the hallway. The dog was sitting up staring at my kid's room. So I stepped around her and walked over to my kid's room. My child was sitting straight up, looking straight, not making a noise. I laid her back down and went back towards the living room. Again, I heard the same odd, hard-to-describe noise and walked back down to her room. Again, the same thing. The dog looked on edge as well. I stayed up for a little while to make sure she has gone back to sleep and to get dog to relax. I eventually went into the bedroom and laid down. Still, my ears were on high alert given the circumstances. I laid there for a while trying to sleep, but it seemed like something was stopping me from relaxing enough to actually fall asleep. I tossed and turned a bit. I had been laying on my right side facing my closet, and when I rolled back onto my back, I saw something that has forever stayed with me. I legit see it so clearly as I write this. At the end of my bed stood a small boy, probably seven or eight. My eyes literally couldn't blink. I was shocked but not terrified like most would think. I was bewildered because I could see him clear as day. Young boy with a hat and tannish clothes with suspenders. I swear on everything he said something, and I turned away because now I thought I was losing my mind. Not only could I see him clear as day, but now I could hear him speaking. It sounded like help. I rolled back toward the closet and closed my eyes real tight and was hoping he'd disappear. But nope, I was wrong. When I opened my eyes, he was now standing directly in front of my face. Like I said, he was 78, so his face was right in front of mine when I opened my eyes. While looking this boy straight in the face, he said something, and all I could think of was the TV shows that say all you have to do is tell them to leave, and it's okay to move on. So I had reopened my eyes, hoping he was gone, and as I went to say it's okay to pass on, and to please leave my home, I got 99% of it out, and I said the last word. I clearly heard him and watched him raise his rigged hand slightly and said, no, wait and when I blinked he was gone. Scared shitless I got up checked my kid's room she was fast asleep. 
My dog was relaxed now asleep in the hallway and nothing seemed weird anymore. I laid back down freaked out and thinking I was going crazy. At some point I fell asleep. The next day I told my husband and best friend. My boyfriend completely was taken aback by it and how out of this world it was and my husband was shocked he didn't hurt anything while it was happening. The image of this boy has stayed with me ever since. I googled the property that I was living in at that point to see if any children who looked like him had gone missing and never could uncover anything shady. The property was at the location of a war that was fought and there were a couple youngins who had gone missing but nothing concrete. I've had random odd things happen like feeling someone run my head from behind, but this, this is something that has always stayed with me. His face is just as detailed today as it was over a decade ago. I attached a pic of a boy wearing a similar type outfit as the boy that I had saw. I went on a GAP semester as part of a cohort of 15 students in the Wind River mountain range for 26 days. We were doing an NOLS course without technology for a learning requirement for first year students. Awesome opportunity. Anyway, it was getting late and our LOD leader of the day was upset because it was getting dark out and this was the final stretch in a group of five. We were split into packs of five near the end. So we happened upon a tucked in corner at a high altitude that looked to be an old camp. By this point, it was too dark to carry on. So we scouted out the area. It was unsettling because there were bear traps everywhere. There was no sign of life but a distinct humming noise was omnipresent. Out of curiosity, I walked into a tent with a friend, and there were three rusty chainsaws and a rotting leg of some animal. It smelled awful. There was no food, except for a few cans that had expired three years prior, but the humming got louder. There was also a video camera inside with a note on the ground that read, I haven't forgotten. At that point, we decided to leave really fast and traveled three more miles to distance ourselves. Those three miles with nothing but flashlights in the pitch dark was one of the most nerve-wracking times of my life. It may have honestly been nothing, but five guys who had to get to the final landing point in three days without seeing people for a week was enough. I marked the approximate coordinates on my map at the time, and I may have it in my desk at home. I'll try to post it if I find it when I'm on break. I'm a 22-year-old archery hunter that lives in and hunts Nevada. I still hunt to this day, but this is something that definitely shook me up back in the summer of 2017. I was mule deer hunting, and after a long hot summer day of hiking and searching, I had finally spotted some deer across the canyon that had bedded down under the shade of a thick mahogany tree patch on top of the opposite mountains from me. The sun was setting, and since I lacked the time to make a multiple-hour sneak, I decided I would return to camp and hike up early the next morning while it was still dark so I could have a good chance at spotting them going down to water at first light. At about 3 a.m. completely dark still. I headed out of camp and up into the darkness with my bow and pack. At first the ascent up the mountainside was wide open sage country and was somewhat lit by a full moon and an incredible showing of stars, so I opted to not turn on my headlamp and to walk amongst the stars. Once I had gotten to the ridge line I was faced with a thick row of mahogany trees that followed the whole ridge up to the peak. The transition from vast, open, starlit, sage-covered mountainside to the enclosed mahogany canopy was like entering another world. Anyone who's been in a thick mahogany or aspen patch knows how. Can find it can feel. It was already dark, but it was another level of dark and quiet under the thick mahogany canopy. I turned on the headlamp and ventured into the thick mahogany patch. A nighttime hike like this was nothing new for me. But after about the first half mile in that confined, dark, completely quiet, mahogany jungle, something just felt wrong. The type of wrong that makes neck hairs stand up and sends tingles through your body. I nervously covered the next few miles with only a few breaks. About half an hour before sunrise, I made it the spot, sat down in the darkness and waited quietly with my binoculars for the sun to rise. 
the sun rose, and the deer were nowhere to be found. It was a disappointing morning, sitting on the mountaintop looking through my binoculars for the deer to no avail. At about noon, I decided it was time to head back to camp and regroup. I started back into the mahoganies to find my tracks to follow back to camp. As soon as I found my tracks, I noticed something that made my blood run cold. Alongside and even inside my bootprints. Massive mountain lion tracks. The mountain lion tracks ran the entire length of my three-mile nighttime hike I had done just a few hours before. The lion tracks even circled and paced around the spots I had taken my breaks at, less than ten yards away from where I would have been resting. I had been stalked in complete darkness for more than two hours, and the entirety of three miles by a 200-plus pound. Predator that can crush my skull with a single bite, all without having the slightest clue it was there. Maybe this doesn't belong here, and maybe it isn't much of a story. It has the advantage or disadvantage of being true. About a year ago, my mother died suddenly of a brain hemorrhage. There were no warnings, no signs. She was quite young. My sister and I found her body slumped over in the bathroom. I spent much of the next few months in a haze of grief and drunkenness. I slept little and dreamt less. The few dreams I did have were vivid and strange. My mother's voice calling from the dark. She was puzzled and incredulous when I tried to tell her that she was dead. One dream in particular stays with me. In this dream, my mother was not enshadowed in dark, but shining with brilliant light. She looked younger and more carefree than I had seen her in a long time. She smiled when she saw me, and I ran to hug her. I asked her how she was doing. She laughed and said she was at peace. Then she grew a bit more serious. She told me not to worry about her. It was me she was worried about. She could see the state I was in. She told me that she wanted me to feel the peace she was feeling. She told me I should join her where she was. Her voice remained light and loving. I backed away a few paces from her. What are you saying, Mom? I asked. Come on, sweetie, she said. You're a drunken, miserable loser. What do you have to look forward to? Just do it. It'll be quick and easy. Over before you know it. I shook my head. You're not Mom, I said. And then the thing wearing my mother's skin grinned at me, a big, gleaming rictus like a mouth being forced open with fish hooks. It shot me a little wave, and then it disappeared. Then I woke up. I'm doing better now. I'm drinking less. I'm in therapy, and I have my family support. Life is good. I just hope that I never have to see that smile again. I was hoping you may be able to help. My research partner and me have a bit of a problem with a dogman at his cabin here in southeast Ohio. We have been researching the Ohio grassmen for about two years together. Well, now we have this dogman really becoming a problem. Since January 3rd of this year, this thing has been pissing on his cabin about four feet up in various spots. It has taken a frontal bite out one of his trees, it slashed one of them. It hangs out in the wee hours most nights growling all around his cabin. We have it on video, audio SND trail cam, so we know what we are dealing with. We are just asking for some advice on how to deal with it. This place where his cabin is, is a campground that is primarily closed for the winter. There are a handful of year-round residents, but a total of maybe eight. It is opening up for the season now, and we don't want anyone getting hurt. It is more of an upright dog than a wolf. He is getting more aggressive with time. My partner being an ex-army ranger does not scare easily, but this thing finally wore him out to the point he left his cabin and went back to his homestead to regroup. Our thinking at the moment is to try SND take it out. We started on a plan that we think will work, problem being we think there is more than one. There are grassmen all around this area, we have them on audio and photos, but neither is deterring the others. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. We don't really want to kill it, but it's getting to that point. We also don't want to draw attention to the area. The last thing we want is a bunch of people running around looking for it. Thanks for your time.
My mother just told me that a few days ago, on her way to work at 5 a.m., she saw red eye shine in the corner of her eye from her headlights. She tried to look at what had caused it, but what she saw made her shiver. The creature was about my father's height, which is six feet or more, and had turned towards the cornfield after looking at my mother's vehicle from the side of the road. As she passed it, all she could see was the back end. She described it as a naked man with dark gray or black wolf-like hair with no tail. After she passed it, she kept watching it and saw it turn its head to look at her, but it did not turn its body, unlike how a Bigfoot would. Its body remained still. She said she saw incredible intelligence, but also felt an evil presence. A few months prior, on my way home from work at 11.30 p.m., I saw red eye shine, and then a large creature sped across the road about 3,000-4,000 yards in front of me. It had black fur, a long muzzle with a large head, broad shoulders with what seemed like a mane around it, large and long front and back legs at a strange angle, and no tail. When it happened, the first thing that came to my mind was an impossible mix between a wolf and a wild boar. At the time, I didn't know about the dogman, but after learning about it, that's what I believed that creature had to be. All of these incidents occurred in Morrow County, Ohio. Another sighting happened last week outside of Mount Vernon, Knox County, Ohio, about 35-45 miles from our house. I'm from a small Midwestern town. Nothing like what I saw happens here to my knowing and is pretty much completely normal. This took place in fall of my seventh grade, so around 2016-2017. Even though it was a few years ago, I know that I saw something, but I'm not 100% sure what I saw. By the way, I'm telling this in first person simply because it's easier. Kylie, my mom, called up the stairs. I quickly went towards her voice as she began to explain. Your dad and I are heading out for the night. She clipped in a gold earring. Do you mind walking the dog before we leave? I simply nodded in response, clipping in the dog's leash as she continued talking about what they were doing that night. It was late November night and the sun had already set. By the time my mom finished talking and the dog was clipped in and ready to go, I closed the front door and immediately felt chills not only from the temperature but the atmosphere. Not one person was out. It not that late, is it? I said to my dog with no response. I had made it half a street when my dog had stopped to sniff something on the ground. I looked out at the road ahead, nothing but houses and one stop sign. My brain immediately thought back to a dumb video my friend and I watched trying to scare ourselves in class. We're just like me someone walking looks up at a stop sign to see a woman staring back at them literally standing on the stop sign. I'm no one, I say, looking down from the bold red sign. I still couldn't shake a creepy feeling as I looked down the road. My heart stopped. I'll try my best to describe the horrifying sight I saw. Looking back at me was about an eight, nine feet tall, shadowy figure. Something with two legs tall and skinny. Arms even longer reaching the ground, but just as skinny. The body round completed with a long, skinny neck and no face. Once again, I say no face. I was purely terrified. I pulled my dog to run, but she was frozen. I yelled out to her, making it hear then see me in the process. It began to follow us, in what I can only call a drunk on a tightrope walk. In response, I ran with all my night, cutting through my neighbor's backyard in the process. I slipped and fell all while running on the muddy grass. I turned around, picking up my dog in one motion, it was even closer now. My head was pounding as I ran with tears in my eyes. Turning around, I fixed my grip on the dog and ran for my life. I opened my back door, throwing us inside. It's going to get me. I yell as my parents run to me. Thank God they hadn't left yet. Truly believing I was almost kidnapped, my dad ran outside. I sat for the next few minutes sobbing, trying to explain the events that just occurred to my mom. My Ada walked in through the back door and simply said there's no one. Ever since that day I've had terrible problems with anxiety and depression. To be fair it could have nothing to do with what I saw. 
but I have to think a small part of it was from the pure terror I saw that day. My name is of no importance, for I am a CIA operative, and anonymity is my shield. Today I find myself compelled to share a true story, one that defies explanation and haunts my thoughts to this day. And so I have chosen to submit my account to your YouTube channel, hoping to find solace in the collective disbelief of others. So it all began when I was deployed to the war-torn African nation of Congo. My mission was clear infiltrate a terrorist organization and gather vital intelligence regarding their plans for a possible chemical attack on a major city. The gravity of the task at hand weighed heavily upon my shoulders, and the stakes were as high as they could be. As an agent of the CIA, I had witnessed my fair share of atrocities and the horrors of war. Africa was something else. It was a place consumed by chaos and despair, ravaged by years of conflict. Yet amidst the devastation, something else lurked, something far more inexplicable. One fateful night, while on patrol deep within the dense woods, a feeling of unease settled upon me. The darkness was impenetrable. Suddenly, as if emerging from the very shadows themselves, I saw it. A creature, resembling something akin to a yeti, stood before me. Its unkempt brown hair hung loosely, swaying in the slight breeze. Its eyes, a piercing yellow glow, fixated on me with an intensity that sent shivers down my spine. I watched in awe as it sniffed the air, its grotesque form devoid of a nose or mouth. It stood upright on two legs, a bipedal enigma that defied all logical explanation. Time stood still as I observed this inexplicable sight. But just as suddenly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into nearby woods. I was left standing there, heart pounding and mind racing to comprehend the impossible. The rational part of me insisted. It was a hallucination or a figment of my exhausted imagination. But deep down, I knew what I had witnessed was real. Seeking answers, I approached the locals the following day, inquiring about any known wildlife that matched the description of the creature I had seen. To my bewilderment, they shook their heads in confusion. They told me there were no such animals in those parts. No wild creatures with brown hair and glowing yellow eyes. It was as if the creature existed only within the boundaries of my perception. Now as I sit here, sharing my account with you, I am plagued by a maelstrom of questions. What was that creature? Was it a mere anomaly, a result of my mind playing tricks on me? Or was it something more, something that lurked in the depths of the unexplored? waiting to be discovered.